0: Now take your Bibles to Revelation chapter 4 Last week I had attempted and prepared to teach all of Revelation chapter 4 But the power went out and things got all weird And I didn't know what was going to happen next And so we got through the first four verses I'm going to read to you now chapter 4 in its totality And we're going to study chapter 4 in its totality At least that's our goal And then we're going to pray So would you read with me? And then we'll pray for this time of Bible study And the events coming up tomorrow night and this week verse 4 in the verse 1 in chapter 4 starts out with the greek phrase meta tauta after these things after these things i looked and behold a door standing open in heaven and the first voice which i heard was like a trumpet speaking with me saying come up here and i will show you things which must take place meta tauta after this same greek word. And immediately I was in the spirit and behold a throne set in heaven. And one sat on the throne and he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardius stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. And around the throne were 24 thrones, lesser thrones. And on there, on the thrones, I saw 24 elders sitting "'Clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold "'on their heads, and from the throne "'proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, "'which are the seven spirits of God. "'And before the throne, there was a sea of glass, "'like crystal, and in the midst of the throne "'and around the throne were four living creatures, "'full of eyes in front and in back. "'And the first creature was like a lion,' The second living creature like a calf or an ox. And the third living creature had a face like a man. And the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. And the four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. And they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him, who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. And they cast their crowns before the throne saying, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they exist and we created. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes and pray with me? Father, in Jesus' name, we now look at this vision of heaven that John was given while in exile, imprisoned, left to die, deserted on the island of Patmos. And you showed him his future. You showed him what's really going on. You showed him the heavenly realm In order that while he was exiled, while he was deserted, while he was left to die, while things weren't going his way, he could see what you see. And therefore, he could live his life well. Therefore, he could suffer well. Therefore, he could write this letter to the other churches and encourage them to live their lives well. Because, Lord, as we know, this world is full of suffering, desertion, Betrayal, difficulty, disease, ultimately death. That's just the truth. And so in light of that, Jesus, you showed John what's next after these things. And Lord, in Jesus' name, may this church gather this morning, Lord, on our journey for you. May we also apprehend the things of heaven so that we, Lord, can become earthly good. So we can attend seminars, Lord, that break our hearts. And so we can volunteer, celebrate recovery or Sunday school and serve others. Because, Lord, we see the future and know that you're indeed, Lord, preparing a place for us. I pray for your anointing, Lord, on our ears this morning, on our hearts. I pray for your anointing on me, Lord. You know, I haven't really stopped going for a while. and I'm I'm tired. But, Lord, your word does not return void. So bless us, Lord give us attentive ears, speak to our hearts, do in us, Lord, what you want to do, that you might do through us what you intend to do. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said? Awesome, awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, I am so glad that chapters four and five, which I just read to you, chapter four, chapter five will be next week, which is another vignette into heaven. I'm so glad, glad that chapters four and five come directly after chapters two and three, and I'm So glad that after chapters four and five come chapters six through 19, okay? Now, this is mathematics at its basics, okay? Chapters two and three always come before chapters four and five. Do they not? Always do, always have, always will, okay? Chapters two and three comes first. Chapters four and five come second. And then right on the heels of four and five come chapters six through 19. You guys should be writing these notes down. Oh, four and five come before six. You know, like this guy teaching us going on here well the reason i'm excited for this order is because jesus told john write down these things john you're suffering the church is suffering that's how it's going to be until when well until chapters four and five it's just going to be suffering and the church needs instruction they need exhortation they need direction they need correction they need they need it all because down here it's a battle you got three main enemies do you not okay the devil himself He is real he's an enemy he hates you doesn't love you doesn't like you doesn't want you he doesn't have anything good for you and he's got a bunch of demons at work for him okay the enemy of our souls there's also another enemy we have it's the ways of this world the ways of this world are contrary to god they're not godly they're going away from god and the things the doctrines the the philosophies of man are godless it's an enemy of our soul and the third enemy we have is that person you saw when you woke up this morning i'm not talking about your spouse <laughs> Some of you just nudged your spouse you don't do that told you told you, was you no it's the person you saw in the mirror it's your flesh your flesh man your flesh it's the the flesh within that internal enemy we've got an infernal enemy an internal enemy we've got man things all around us and so god gives us chapters two and three which are the letters to the church to equip us and help us live our lives here, corrected and directed and instructed, encouraged, in order that when chapter four and five happen, metatauta, after these things, that when the church is raptured up, John was harpazoed, he was snatched away, translated, words we see throughout the Old and New Testament, and immediately he was in the spirit. Amazing, amazing. Chapters two and three, though, happened first, and that's where we're at. It's so important that we know this, Because when you check your pulse, you're like, still here, still here. And if you have a pulse, you have a purpose. And God wants us to be, dare I say, just as interested in the things to come, chapters four and five. How many of you guys are excited to get into the rest of Revelation, chapters four and five, the heavenly vision, chapters six through 19, the carnage on earth? Raise your hand if you want to see that. (laughs) I tricked you guys into raising your hands, sickos. We're all interested in that stuff because it's the future. I had dinner on Friday night somewhere. I was in Oregon City. That's where I was. I pulled off 205, and I followed my GPS and parked and went to two or three different buildings until I find the one I was trying to find, and I was trying to find a wedding. So I was hungry. They have free food at weddings. So I found a wedding. There was actually two weddings. I found a, found a wedding, and I went to the wedding. Just my, I sat there by myself, you know, in this wedding because I needed food. And uh, No, I'm kidding. I knew the person getting married, but I did need food. But anyways, at, at dinner, I sat with people I didn't know. And there was this one woman, super nice. Man, I got, when I grew up, I want to be like this woman. She was, she was on fire her and her husband had lived faithfully to the Lord. they have been to Israel three times. she just got back from Young Life. She's about 80 years old. She just got back from Young Life camp delivering medical goods to them, and they're planning their next trip. And I mentioned teaching Revelation. And she said, oh, I'm teaching Revelation too. I was like, you just have my job. You, just, you take my job, you know? And she said something interesting though, which I disagree with. And I finished my food and left after I told her that. No, I didn't tell her that. She said, she said we're going through Revelation too, and we just skipped chapters one through three. We're just writing chapter 4, so excited about it. We just start in chapter 4 and go on. We just, we didn't, because, and she, she said it this way, because you can just read chapters 2 and 3, it's easy to understand, just, they can read it on their own is what she said. She said, I've got 12 pages at home of symbols and what they mean in the in the chapters 4 through 19, the eschatological end times, Armageddon events, and how all this pieces together, and, and I can see her logic, everyone wants to get to the good part, the futuristic part, and she just said, well, we don't need chapters 2 and 3, not that we didn't need them, they can read it on their own, and I just bit my tongue because I've been having so much fun in chapters two and three the letters to the churches man what God had to say to Ephesus and Thyatira and Pergamos and Sardis and Laodicea and Philadelphia and Smyrna I had application for every one of those churches in my own life oh man I need to tighten it up there I need to keep going there. Whoa, I need to be careful there. This church became compromised with the ways of the world, the Nicolaitan spirit and the doctrine of Balaam and the Jezebel ideology and all these churches had become weirdy pants and Jesus said, don't do that. And Jesus had great heart for each church. Guys, tighten it up, tighten it up. Why? Because chapter four are coming. Chapter four is on the way and you don't wanna be caught looking in the wrong direction, mining in the wrong minds, doing the wrong things, having the wrong heart. You wanna be having one hand of the plow or both. One eye on the row and one eye on the sky. That's what Jesus said to do. And if you're like me, man, you get distracted, you get discouraged, okay? You get dirty. Things happen. And so I'm so thankful for the order here. I hope you guys get this. This is so rich. Chapters two and three. Man, a bath for the church. So we know what God is doing so that way we can become then ready for heaven to come. But he doesn't hide heaven and its beauties from us completely because he wants us to understand what we're working for, what we're waiting for. And as we study now chapters four and five, it's going to show us a little bit of what heaven looks like. I believe if you're not heavenly minded, okay, you can't really be earthly good. Some people say you're too heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. You ever met that maybe person or even that Christian that their head is so high in the sky that they have no real understanding what's going on down here? I tell you what, until you have your mind set on things above, you actually won't really have a proper perspective of what's going on down here. When the phone call rings and it's the doctor or the first responders, when the economy collapses, when, when things don't go your way. If your mind is stayed upon him, you'll be kept in what? It starts with P and rhymes with perfect peace. Perfect peace. You guys are good. If your mind is stayed on him, if you're considering the things of God, because he doesn't want us to waste our lives... And that's why we took so long in chapters 2 and 3. I hope you fell in love with chapters 2 and 3. I hope you have journals full of chapters 2 and 3. I've been getting emails from people. I'll be responding to those emails. I'm going to buy a couple iPads for some people in the next couple of weeks for those of you who took the, the craziest notes or the most endearing notes or the most life-changing notes or whoever I just want to buy iPads for really is what it's going to come down to. So um, we'll just buy iPads for everyone. It's going to be legit. But I'll tell you what, Colossians 3, verses 1 and 2, some of my favorite portions of Scripture, I'll read it to you. It says, if you were raised with Christ for the church... Seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God, and set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Because what's going to happen in the future will help anchor us through the storms of what happens right here and right now. If life hasn't been messy for you yet, just wait. Okay. As a matter of fact, it's not even, life's messy for all of us. You might be like in the less messy stage right now, coming away from a big mess behind you. Guess what you're on the way to right now? Another big mess. Sorry, not sorry. Everybody is. I think this is profound, at least to me. Everyone in the whole world suffers, okay? Christians and non-Christians. Nobody is kept from suffering. Yet Christians are allowed to suffer well, suffer with a purpose, suffer with vision Suffer with a seatbelt. We know what's going on. Okay, the rest of the world, they, they, they don't know. They're actually making stuff up. Like this happened. Well, I don't know. Maybe it was your fault. Maybe it was their fault. Maybe the stars didn't align. Maybe it was somebody else's fault. And maybe we have a book that tells us what is going on. And we know now that after the suffering is over, verse 1, after these things I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice was like a trumpet speaking with me saying, come up here and I will show you things which must take place after these things. I read this verse to you last week. I'll read it again. First Thessalonians 4.17, Paul writing. This is about 30 years before John wrote this, before John saw this. Paul said to the Thessalonians, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. The voice of an archangel. And with the trumpet of God, same language. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Oh, happy day. And then we who are alive and remain, those are the saints that are alive when this event happens. They shall be caught up. The Greek word is harpazo. The Latin word is raptus. Together with them in the clouds and meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. This is our comfort and our hope. No matter what you're going through right now, this isn't the end. God has instruction for us, chapters two and three, but it's not the end. And we know the end. And this will change the way then you live now. As a matter of fact, last week I ended talking about what we do here matters so much that in heaven we'll be actually rewarded for everything we do down here properly. And there are five, maybe six crowns that are identified in the scripture that the, based on the way we live down here in chapters two and three, the church age, will determine who we are in heaven. Listen, this is, this is something you need to swallow and think through, not just who we are in heaven, but what we do forever. There will be different roles, different goals, different mantles handed out in heaven. Okay, let me t- let me say this though. No one's going to be disappointed in heaven. Oh man, you got KP. I always wanted to work in the kitchen, you know? You Oh man, I wanted to clean the toilets in heaven. No one's going to be disappointed, okay? I heard one pastor put it this way. Everyone's ability to receive from God will be full. Full. You'll be walking around full in heaven. Although there will be a difference in your capacity of fullness based on what you do here and who you are, how you live, how you respond, how you're tested, how you suffer, will determine a difference based on the volume of your fullness. In other words, some of you are gonna have a five-gallon bucket, full, and you're gonna be walking around the fullest person there. I am full, not mad, not, not frustrated, not jealous, full. Other people will have a dump truck, okay, full. Other people will have a swimming pool, Bull. Other people will have a Costco warehouse. Bull. Some people will be walking around with a little thimble. Bull, you know, yeah. And we're going to look at you and celebrate like, yeah. And we're all going to take our crown or crowns off and toss them. This is true. It's absolutely true. What we do down here matters. Christ has saved us from our sins freely, lest anybody should boast. It's a gift. Okay, there's nothing you can do to be saved. That's not how it works. But now that you're saved, the Bible instructs us, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Get after it. Repent when you're called out. Grow when you have opportunity. Seek the Lord at all times. Learn. And that's where we get chapters two and three. It's all about what we do now that we're saved. And he says, comfort one another with these words. It's our comfort and our hope. Now look at verse 1 again. It says that there's a trumpet. I got to get through all of chapter 4, so I got keep, to keep reading here. It says that there's a trumpet he hears. In the Old Testament, when the children of Israel was gathered in the wilderness, they would use a trumpet for three primary reasons. Number one would be to gather the people, a convocation. They would hear the trumpet, they would all gather. They would all come together to hear what's going on. The second reason that they would have the trumpet sounded is not just to gather the people, but to inform them we're moving on. There's another location. Get your tent stakes up. We're about to journey forward. And the third reason that the children of Israel were summoned with a trumpet like we see here was not just to gather the assembly and to instruct them to move forward, but to ready them for activity or primarily battle. Okay, we're getting after it. And here Jesus says to the church, John is a representative of the church. Come up here right now. A gathering, a relocating, a readiness for what is next. That's, by the way, in god's prerogative he's going to do it when he wants how he wants he has given us signs he's given to us indicators of what this is going to be like and there's going to be a new direction a gathering the bible says in first thessalonians 4 i just read it to you that the dead in christ will rise first this is going to be great sandy shones will be there carol corwin andrew beauchamp ronnie harp my cousin, Alan Furchette. The saints, the saints will be there. The trumpet will be gathered together and headed to a new location. Look at verse two. It says, immediately I was in the spirit upon this trumpet blast. And I was, and behold, a throne set in heaven and one sat on the throne. Verse two, he says, immediately I'm transformed. The Bible says, in the twinkling of an eye which I looked it up, they actually have come up with a scientific equation for the twinkling of an eye, how fast that really is. And it's like .000000 with like 43 zeros after it. And one, it's like That much inside of one second, the twinkling of an eye, like how, how fast a twinkling of an eye really is. And so I'm so excited about that. Because by God's grace and his mercy, when I sin, I can come to him and find forgiveness and mercy restoration and, and move forward. There's a process there, okay? But when we hear that trumpet instantaneously, no purgatory, no waiting room, no extra innings, no, no do-overs, no explanations. Can you imagine if you had to show up with an explanation? Hey, we are going to let you in, but you got to explain some of that stuff you were doing down there, you know? like Ugh. The Bible says there's actually a list of all the stuff you've done down here against the Lord. It says a list that is contrary to you. Colossians chapter two. <laughs> it also says that list is illegible. You actually can't read it. It's got blood all over it. It's been, it's been cleansed. No matter who looks at it, like, ah, this list looks pretty long. This must be Luke's list, you know. But, but nonetheless, it looks like everybody else's. You can't read it. It's been cleansed. It's been covered. Therefore, and because of Christ and his blood, immediately we come into his presence. Look at verse 2. It says, immediately he was there and he sees a throne set in heaven and one sitting on the throne. I'll just point this out quickly and move on because that's the kind of time we have today. This throne is set in heaven. In other words, it's not moving. In those days... Kings and pagan rulers would have thrones and places of worship set up in temporary ways so that way they could move them when that place became overrun or uh, they had no more resources or they just had to go away because it didn't work anymore. And the pagan places of worship and service moved all the time. In heaven, you know what? It's set. It's not moving. And here's my point. And someone listen, and this may set you free with the battle you're facing right now with the pull of this world. The lesser thrones where we worship at in this world, okay, they're always falling apart. They're always moving. They'll never satisfy you. The throne of God where we worship him, it's set. It's not moving. God doesn't change the scriptures, his mercy, his glory, his presence, his power. It doesn't change. What you're looking at right now, what you're looking for in those lesser areas of worship I'm just gonna tell you right now, it's never gonna satisfy you, never gonna take you where you wanna go, never gonna do what you need it to do. It's always going to change and move. It says right here, there's a throne set in heaven. This would speak differences in the ways of this world. Look at verse three. It says, and he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardius stone in appearance and there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. Interesting. He describes this One, by colors. Maybe because he was unable to use any other adjectives or descriptive nouns to help us understand what he saw. The sardius stone is red. The jasper stone is white, pure crystal. He sees a rainbow round, a green emerald hue. All of this coming from the throne of God, speaking of who Jesus is. I like how he explains this to us in depth you ever seen a sunset before by yourself okay what's the first thing you think of ah oh, i wish so and so was here to see this fort with me you ever, you ever go to the grand canyon by yourself i'm just gonna check it out i don't want to bring anybody with me i don't want anybody bugging me while i'm looking at great stuff you know that's not how it works whenever you see great stuff sunsets or beautiful scenes you want someone there okay john wants us to see what he saw and then when john explains what he saw he says you know who's not alone up in heaven god he's actually surrounded by 24 other thrones He loves, God loves people and he loves to share his glory. This is really important. You get this. You see, when John got to heaven, I mentioned this last week, it wasn't the reunion of the saints that he pointed out, which will be a reality. That's not the thing that drew him to heaven or made him report this way. You know what he talked about? The father was there the father that we've been separated from since Genesis chapter two. And as soon as he gets to heaven, the first thing he sees is the father. And the father's not alone. There's 24 other thrones because the father loves the family of God. Like I said, I left on Sunday last week, about three or four, I kind of stalled and got out late because I was with my family. I was really in no hurry to leave because seven hour drive is not fun anyways. And I drove all the way to the Natchez foothills and and every day that I was gone on Sunday night and Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and finally Friday, I got home so late. My kids were already in bed, and, but every day I FaceTimed with my kids because I'm their father and, and they just love to talk to me and were awaiting my, my presence coming home. And that's how, and some of us don't have a great fatherly experience. We don't have that, that same wealth to share. Maybe you have a dad that was abusive or absent. Here's the deal. Our relationship with the Father has been broken, and the Son has been given to mend that. And the promise is one day we will be raptured, and we will be with the 24 elders, which I believe speak of the family of God, the people of God, the men and women who were adopted in and who are allowed to come be with the Father. And he describes his throne room so beautifully with this rainbow around him. The rainbow speaks of God's grace, God's promise. Guys, if you haven't committed Hebrews 4.16 to memory yet, do it. The Bible declares, and now therefore come boldly into his throne room, that's what we're looking at, of grace to obtain mercy and help in your time of need. Have you ever needed mercy and help? Okay, where do you go for it, you know? Usually I call my lawyer first and see what I can do, you know, like, how bad is it, you know? (laughs) Run to God. He loves you. He loves you. This is why we're seeing this here. Verse 4, and around the throne were 24 thrones, and on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their heads. They're there with him. Again, I believe these four, and these 24 are representative of the 12 patriarchs, okay, the first the tribes of Israel and all of their kids, and then the 12 apostles in the New Testament and all that would come to faith through their ministry, the spiritual children. And so I believe these 24 just simply represent the family, sitting around the throne man and my dad's sitting around here somewhere he's he's back there and i love my dad and we have a great relationship and so thankful for him and 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 so i can kind of imagine what it would be like to be with the father okay having a good relationship with my dad and maybe again that's not your experience but you can trust that the lord knows what he's doing these guys are there worshiping he's a good good father Check this out though, if you had a good dad like me, you were also disciplined, isn't that right dad? (laughs) Look at verse 5. And from the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Every time I read that seven, uh, seven lamps of fire, I always imagine a concert, like a rock concert, with the pyrotechnics and the seven. You know, it's like I don't think that's what it was. That's what goes through my mind. So just pray for me and fire and And it says the seven spirits of God. We've already clarified that. There's only one Holy Spirit, one spirit of God with a seven, that the number seven means fullness or completeness. And that the spirit of God is there in this lampstand, these fires, and it's the fullness of God, the fullness of God the Father, the fullness of God the Son, the fullness of God the Spirit. They're all there. And yet it says lightnings and thunderings and voices and seven flames of fire and the Holy Spirit is there at the throne room. Now, let me just ask you a question. You read that through. Is that like a small verse to you, or is thunder kind of a big deal to you? Okay, when you hear thunder, like if we heard thunder right now, oh, we would all duck a little bit. Like, whoa, you who are sitting next to these metal beams wouldn't touch them, you know, like lightning and thunder. That's no small deal. He's in heaven. He's like, wow, there's 24 elders worshiping in the rainbow. And all of a sudden, lightning and fires, ah. Whenever you hear thunder, whenever you see lightning, you know two things. Either a storm is coming or a storm is there. Okay, it's just the way it is. They're warnings. This is so important. Okay? They're warnings. Because a storm is coming. God is a good father. And within good and within love is justice, righteousness, I'm going to say it, and wrath okay goodness is demonstrated in righteousness justice and wrath wrath towards what evil sin dark sin rejection of god rebellion witchcraft all the things that the bible says hey that stuff upsets me so i'm gonna give you your whole life to repent i'm gonna give you your whole life to figure it out well that sounds very patient and kind father i appreciate that right but i want you to repent because if you don't voices and thunder. I spent three years in Minnesota, my mom and dad and my sister, and I moved to Minnesota back in 1986, just after the Chicago Bears beat the the New England Patriots, and so I was a Chicago Bear fan. When I got there, we had to become a Minnesota Vikings fan, which is fine, which is fine. I'm still a Vikings fan, and the uh, Minnesota Twins won the World Series that year, and and, uh, so we had a great time in Minnesota, but one thing I didn't recognize or realize is every house in Minnesota has basements, every house, okay, because when the thunder and the lightning starts kicking and starts ticking... It also means tornadoes are coming and big storms, and we would hear the sirens. And as a little kid, that was a glorious time. Storms. And I remember walking out into the streets sometimes. No wind at all. Zero wind. Just the sirens. And the sky had turned green, and the clouds were beginning to swirl. And there was purple hues. And I was like, Mom and Dad, I'll be back later. They're like, no, get home now. One time we were having football practice. I remember sixth grade tackle football. We were color-coded. We were the white team, and my coach was a demoted high school uh, football coach coaching sixth graders, and so he knew how to yell and scream, and, and the sirens began to go off one day. Tornadoes coming. Parents pulling up to the field to pick up their kids, and this coach looked around. We'll give it some time. Run another drill. <laughs> you know, we're going we're to stick this one out. And Anyways, that's my experience. here's the deal God is patient for sure don't test his patience okay because the wheels of God's wrath turn very slowly but they also grind very thoroughly he is both lamb slain before the foundation of the world we'll see that in chapter five merciful and just but he is the roaring lion okay and when he shows up on the scene he doesn't ask for advice he doesn't ask questions he meters out judgment Lightnings, thunderings. Take heed. It's going to happen. It is coupled. Love, love, blood, love, flowing sacrifice. Truth, truth, unwavering truth. This is the truth. It's the truth covered in love. Verse six, the response of those up in heaven will before the throne there was a sea of glass, and in the midst of the throne, around the throne, were four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back, and the first living creature was like a lion, the second like a calf, and the third like a man, and the fourth like a flying eagle. Stop right there. I just, You read this stuff, and you're like, okay, I'm not really sure what John's seeing. He describes the throne, and in front of the throne, there's like a sea, but it's like glass, like crystal. Well, okay, is it glass? Is it crystal? Or is it a sea? I just don't know. Later on, we'll see that in heaven there is no sea. You guys remember that John, when he received this revelation, was banished to the island of Patmos. And every day, all he saw was the sea. And so God describes heaven to him. He's like, oh, yeah, there's no more sea there. Like, oh, thank God. You know? <laughs> At least there's no more ocean. At least that's what it says. And yet he says that this sea that he sees is actually like glass. It's like crystal. It's like pure and smooth and perfect. On the drive home from... Central Washington, I was going along I-84 on Friday and heading west. And on the right there is the Columbia Gorge, beautiful body of water. And as I was heading the same direction as the water, the waves were going the opposite direction. I knew it was flowing towards the ocean, but the waves were going this way because of the wind. And the wind was kicking up these two or three foot white caps that were just cruising through there. And I was driving, and on my right, I saw all these kite surfers and these wind surfers catching big air and all the rest. And it was a rough water day. As I saw guys out there salmon fishing too with these boats. And I started getting seasick. You know, I said, brr. And then I read this, and it's like, oh, it's a sea of glass, but it's perfect. I don't don't know what he's saying. I honestly don't know. I'm excited to see this. then he goes on to say something else, that there was four living creatures, each with six wings and all with different faces. One had the face of a man, one had the face of an ox, one had the face of an eagle, and one had the face of a lion. Now, how many of you guys right now, your imagination has these ugly, sinister, beastly, six wings, hairy tentacles, eyes everywhere, faces? You Have that in your mind? You're like, yeah, that sounds weird and scary and spooky. Let me remind you of something. What we know, all we know is a broken, dilapidated, cursed world that we have actually put together pretty nicely, okay? I'm actually having a good time. We're pretty blessed here in America, okay? we most of us have roofs over our heads and cars we drive and it's pretty nice and yet if you're honest down here is not how it's intended to be chapter three of genesis they were dos booted out of the garden cursed and everything fell apart and so now when john goes to heaven he describes something that i would be honest and say that's weird but did you know in heaven they're looking at us for now being like that's weird Everything you guys have down here is super weird and wacky. Once you get to heaven, everything's going to be right again. We're going to have six-winged flying animals with different faces and eyes all over the place. Oh, that sounds wrong. Here's the thing. I'm going to be honest, okay? We're wrong. Heaven's right. But at the same time, okay, God is glorified in both realms. Is this world that we live in down here not mysterious and fascinating, okay? And the world to come is mysterious and fascinating. These are intelligent creatures. The Bible says they have eyes in front, eyes behind. The other verse says eyes within everywhere, okay? This speaks of knowledge and intelligence, that these guys know more. These guys, if you can can believe this, these beings here are more sophisticated and intelligent than anything you could ever imagine or think. And their response to the knowledge they have, 24-7 worship, nonstop. It's kind of cool. Because if you're not careful, you'll use some sort of weird Muppet imagination in your mind and think these guys are just weirdos, a lion face, and an ox face, and a man face, and and an eagle face. I'm like, that's just weird. The reality is, you're weird. (laughs) And you're glorious. You're made in his image. Let me just speak to you quickly. Did you guys know that heaven is just another dimension? Okay, where and how, I don't know how that fits. It's just another dimension. Most believe it's not continuing through space travel to the edge of our galaxy 900 billion light years away, that it's outside of our galaxy. That's, that doesn't make any necessary sense to me. I actually believe that heaven is right here with us in a different reality. I can't understand that. I don't know how that works. But based upon God's creation of the space-time continuum and matter and atoms and nuclei and molecules did you know did you know did you know that for every piece of luke frechette i'm made of matter okay there's atoms nucleus and electrons and protons spinning around i'm made of matter did you know that for every piece of matter that i am my existence there are one million times more pieces of space Okay that means that there's actually more holes inside of me than there is matter for every piece of real Luke forchet there's one million times pieces of nothing it's just air there's nothing in between those neutrons and electrons in other words if all of the space one million times per piece of real Luke forchet if all of the space were to disappear and it would just be solid Luke forchet i would instantaneously vanish okay i would become so small microfilm small in size all that i am it wouldn't disappear I'm all right here. The matter, that, it's true, science. Did you know? Check this out. If we took all of the human beings in the planet and took all of the matter that they actually represent and got rid of the space, a bunch of spacey people, got rid of all the space, and with just humans, 8 billion of them, we could fit every single human being into the center of an apple. Just believe it. Eight billion people in one apple. As a matter of fact, there are neutron stars within our universe. Okay, a neutron star is a planet, a star, that has ran out of fuel and collapsed in itself and exploded and collapsed in itself again and over again. And the protons and neutrons have fused together, okay? And it's so dense that if you take a tablespoon of neutron star, if you were able to get a tablespoon, just a tablespoon of neutron star, it would weigh on our scales one billion tons. Okay, one tablespoon of matter from a neutron star that God created weighs the exact same as Mount Everest. Okay, and as a matter of fact, if you brought a neutron teaspoon, don't do it. If you brought a neutron, oh, it'd be so bad. If you brought a neutron, Because within that matter, one teaspoon of neutron star is the volume of Mount Everest. Okay, right there in that teaspoon, it's there. And if you brought it to planet Earth based on the gravity that we have and the elements that we have, it'd be like shaking up a can of soda and opening it, and all the pressure is released. And that neutron teaspoon of matter would actually kind of pop out and release itself, and it would kill everybody. So don't do it. Don't do it. Okay, sorry about that. Rabbit trail. If you're visiting, sorry, sorry. God made that. As a matter of fact, there is more space in between you than is matter. And that space, scientists have decided to call that, because they don't know what it is, the space, how it works, how neutrons and atoms spin around the nucleus, and now there's energy going so around. And in that little circular spin, there's space in there, but there's so much energy that it creates volume and matter and density. But right now, the electrons and neutrons in this pulpit, this aluminum pulpit, are spinning so fast and moving so fast that it actually has volume. And scientists have said, well, how does it actually stay together? And they made up a word. They said, let's call it atomic glue. And if you ask them, well, how does it work? They'd say, well, based on the word, we actually have no glue. Atomic glue. It just, it just holds together. Does that make any sense? No. But It does. Well, doesn't it say in Colossians chapter 2 that by him and through him all things were made and created? It says that in John chapter 1. And it says that Jesus Christ holds all things together. Okay, guys, science, space, matter, heaven, reality. Trip out with me just a little bit, okay? This is is crazy. All 8 billion of us could fit inside an apple. Let's keep moving. Serious matter right there, Dan, absolutely. Oh, man. So I'm going to now explain to you what these guys do as if we have a clue, right? Look at verse 7. The first living creature was like a lion and the second calf and the third like a man and the fourth like a flying eagle. Uh, In the second century, a historian, a Bible commentator said, hey, that makes sense. That makes sense. Like, okay, well, tell us more, Irenaeus. How does that make sense? And he went on to tell us, well, the uh, lion represents the book of Matthew, Because the book of Matthew was written to the Jews to demonstrate that Jesus is the king of kings, that he's the lion of Judah. Oh, okay, that makes sense. And then the second one, in order, is the ox, which is congruent with the gospel of Mark. Mark wrote the book of Mark to show Jesus as the servant, the suffering servant, this ox-like character. And then Luke, the third one, wrote his epistle. We just studied it to show Jesus as the son of man. It's the face of a man. And then the fourth one that comes along is the eagle. And John, who wrote his epistle, wanted to make sure that everyone knew that Jesus Christ was supreme. And we all know that eagles have that supremacy in our own minds. Eagles are the only animal able to actually look directly into the sun. An eagle can fly 10,000 feet high and can soar for days. Looking into the sun. Go I don't know if that's what it means or not. These guys up here, though, I do know what they do. Look at verse 8. The four living creatures, which having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night. Which, by the way, stop. Does that, does that kind of bother some of you guys? Like, how many of you guys look forward to going to bed at night? Dude, I totally love sleep. Pray for me. I love it. Sleep for me is kind of like heaven, okay? Because I'm just, like, not here. You know, I'm somewhere else. Like, oh, yeah. These guys don't rest. And to us, we're like, I don't know, man. That, kind of, that sounds kind of spacey. I don't really like that. They're in another realm. They're in another world. Okay, sleep is part of the curse. Just so you guys know, part of the curse. It shows our weakness. You can go like 12 hours, 16 hours, 20 hours. You could even push it longer if you had to, but you know you're not supposed to. Your body shuts down. God did that on purpose to show you how broken you were. That brokenness, death and sleep and all these weaknesses we have in heaven, Okay, an all-night worship session is not going to be a big deal. Okay? It's going to be legit. These guys don't cease day or night saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. I would also say that these guys aren't robots programmed to do this, like this is what God made us to do. They have eyes in front, within, and around. They see everything, and by seeing everything, you know what the response is? Dude, it's time to worship. Let me just say something about what we see. What you look at will become what you worship. What you look at will become what you're drawn to. What you look at will actually impact you and you'll have responses. You'll do something based on what you're looking at. Look at the news all day, okay? Look at other people's lives on social media all day. Look at what other other things all day and you're gonna find yourself being affected by that. These guys have eyes everywhere and they see God. It's a legit day for them. Worshiping, holy, holy, holy. I would just say practical application These guys that have the face of a lion, the face of an ox, the face of a man, the face of an eagle, God would want us to have that same approach to him Looking at him, look at verse 9, whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne who lives forever and ever, well, the 24 elders, that's a representation of us, they fall down before him who sits on the throne and they worship him who lives forever and ever and they cast their crowns before the throne saying, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor, power, for you created all things and by your will they exist and were created. Honestly, I have a little disconnect when I see these four created beings worshiping God I'm like that's crazy I don't get it it's weird and then so I don't have this disconnect he shows. oh yeah by the way everyone else that's there that's you they're doing the same thing so I don't have a disconnect so I can say I get to do that too last week I taught briefly on the crowns that were given I told you I was going to teach this week more in depth but apparently I'm not going to do that till next week There are five crowns given. What we do here now matters. Your first homework assignment can be 1 Corinthians chapter 9, right around verse 27. Just read that first imperishable crown that he talks about. As athletes, we're competing for a prize that won't fade away. Everything else you're competing for right now, eh, he ain't taking it to heaven, unless it's those glorious things. I'm going to have Paul come up, and he's going to lead us in a communion song. And I'll tell you what, you guys. Chapters 2 and 3. Don't defamiliarize yourself with it as you continue in your Christian journey. The church, the church, that's us, the church age. It's happening right now. God wants us to be active, proactive. He wants us to at times be reactive to his word. Why? Because chapters four and five are coming in the twinkling of an eye. We're all gonna be changed. There's gonna be a rapture. There's gonna be a time where the Lord calls us home. You know what you could do right now, is to be like these creatures who keep their eyes on the prize, who look at Jesus. I'm gonna ask you guys to bow your heads right now as we invite Jesus deeper into our hearts and prepare to look at him at the table of communion, the death, burial, and resurrection. As you look at the communion elements today, And as you celebrate, in light of your suffering, in light of your life, in light of your trials, we look to Jesus, and we find ourselves like these elders and like these creatures, crying out, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come, and glory to the one who lives forever and ever. And Father, in Jesus' name, as the elements are brought out now, and we prepare our hearts to commune with you and to celebrate what you've done to anticipate what you're doing. Lord, we're so humbled. We don't know anything. Even as those scientific theories of matter and space and volume, Lord, have been calculated, nobody's grabbed a teaspoon of neutron star. You can't. It's out of our reach. Can't do that. And there's things here today that are out of your reach. You can't do it. They're in God's reach. And by a humble heart this morning A broken heart Lord we come to the table And we ask Lord that you would grant to us That which is out of reach Maybe you're here and you're married And your marriage isn't exactly what it could be Maybe your marriage needs a healing A touch It needs a a transformation Maybe if you'd even be so Bold or willing just to nod into that or maybe reach over and grab your spouse's hand and just squeeze and just to tell them you love them love you love you you have a pulse you have a purpose God's not done with you yet he wants you to use your free will and your eyes to gaze upon him or maybe you're here and your marriage didn't go perfectly it actually ended poorly and now you're single and you're here and you would say Lord would you give me eyes to see you would you give me eyes to see you And to respond like these, Lord, worshiping and serving, trusting you and living by faith. Or maybe you're here and you haven't been married at all yet. And the Lord would say in your singleness, look to me. Look to me. Maybe you're here and you're single, you're married, you're divorced, but you're one of those, but you don't know the Lord. You just don't know him. You want to be part of that church. You suffered too, and if there could be any solace for you, if there could be any help, any healing at all, you would love to receive that, and you would love to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior this morning. Would you right now, if that's you, just raise up your hand to be saved for the first time ever? Raise up your hand if that's you and say, yeah, I want Jesus. I want him to save me from my sins. I see in the back, hands going up. Anybody else would join this one and say, yes, Lord, I want my sins to be forgiven. I want to be delivered and set free and have a purpose in life. Amen. Amen. I see your hands. Lord, Father, I thank you that you're so good. You can put your hands down. Lord, you're so good. And as we come to the table now, may we worship you and see you as you are. Be honored in what we do as we proclaim your death until you return. We take communion now in Jesus' name. And everybody said...